Good morning. According to our bulletin this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 9, verses 1 to 34. But I'm just going to use that as a reference point to kind of get some ideas. And I'm not going to go verse by verse through that today, but we'll pick up a couple of the concepts that Jesus taught and uh, John recorded through this experience. This is a story about the miracle of a man born blind who was healed after Jesus put some mud on his eyes. And then he went off to the pool of Siloam and Jerusalem and he washed his eyes and he could see. Now, I want to take three points, maybe from this story. First is the causes of pain and suffering. And second is the purpose of pain and suffering. And third, restoration. So if you take those three words and take the first letter of each, you get CPR. Okay, we're going to do some CPR this morning on pain and suffering. Okay? So, so what are the causes of pain and suffering? If we look at our passage, the disciples thought that the source of that pain and suffering was sin. Now, their idea was that if someone was suffering, or it was just obvious that that person had sinned. Or, in this case, because the man was born blind, his parents must have sinned. Maybe he was conceived in sin. We don't know that. But the Pharisees certainly thought that that was the case, and the disciples picked up on it because that was their kind of philosophy of life, that if there was pain and suffering, you had to have done something wrong. Well, that's one idea that suffering is seen as punishment by God, and sometimes it is. But as we learned from our story last week, remember we had the story about Job. Yeah, a little uh, preached on that, and he pointed out that Job's suffering was caused by Satan trying to get believers, God's children, to sin and to reject God. God wants to bless. He wants to reward. And he wants to bring wholeness and healing to people. But it's Satan that comes along and he, bring, he wants to destroy and to, to um, rob and to kill. So what's the source of pain and suffering? God? No. Satan is the source of pain and suffering. So we can't blame God for that. When people are disobedient and unrepentant, they will receive the wrath of God. 
And there is a punishment of death for our sins if we are not repentant. Also, there's often many times there are natural diseases and and consequences for our sin. And that causes a lot of people suffering. When God created the world, we read in Genesis that it was good. Very good. In Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, we read, The Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. So here we see there's the principle of free will. Man had a choice right from the beginning. And that there was a consequence for sin and disobedience. So if we see that consequence being played out, we just see this as a natural following of God's original command in Genesis, which was disobeyed. There was a consequence for sin. It broke the relationship between God and man, and it also began to break relationship between people. Look at the first children. Cain and Abel destroyed that relationship as well. Ultimately, death was a result of disobedience. Yes, some pain is of our own making. I can remember climbing an active volcano in Japan. We left at midnight of all times to climb up this this mountain, this volcano that was in our region. And uh, we finally, about 6 a.m., 7 a.m. in the morning, we reached the top, out of breath, just gasping for air. And my legs were so sore from the climb uh, up that steep hill. And... Um, um, We also had to be careful that we didn't breathe in the sulfur smoke that was spewing out of the volcano. It was active at that time as well. So, um, you know, why would we do such a stupid thing? Well, we wanted to get to the top. (laughs) Well, why get to the top? Because there's a beautiful view. We could see the sunrise. We went at night so we could get up there at the top in the morning. We could look out and see the sun coming over the horizon. It was a beautiful view we could see for miles. The only problem is it was cloudy. (laughs) (laughs) And the top of the mountain was just covered with clouds. We couldn't see a thing. So sometimes we do crazy stuff. And we pay for it. Sometimes the result of our pain, the, the result of pain, some pain is the result of our sin. Uh, certain lifestyles 
bring disease, pain and suffering. There's, there's physical pain. You know, there's emotional pain. There's social pain. And there's also spiritual pain. Our disobedience can cause pain for not only ourselves, but our children or our parents and others around us. When we live in a hedonistic, rebellious, self-absorbed life, we really don't care about other people. So we don't live in ways that make sure that other people don't experience pain because of our actions. Some people go out and get drunk. They have an accident and they kill somebody. You know, that's, that's sin at work. And God doesn't want that pain. He wants, to live a, wants us to live a righteous lifestyle so that we think of other people and their pain. We need to reach out to people and touch their lives with wholeness, not with more pain. Now, some suffering is, is punitive suffering. You know, when we, when we do something wrong, we can expect that there's going to be a consequence. We read in Hebrews chapter 12. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, talks about this kind of situation. Hebrews 6, sorry, Hebrews 12, verse 6 says, The Lord disciplines the ones he loves. So when there's discipline in our life that comes from God, it's not because necessarily he's angry with us, but because he's loving us. He cares about us. You know, parents, sometimes you have to kind of slap your kids' hands when they're young because they want to touch a hot stove or something like that. So parents are bringing pain to their kids. How cruel is that? Okay? That's not cruel. That's loving. And so God works the same way. Sometimes we do things that, you know, God has to kind of set us straight. He has to line us up again. And sometimes kind of a little slap on the hand. Sometimes an experience in our life bringing us to realization that, you know, we better wake up or we're in trouble. So he says, uh, he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. So sometimes if we're going through struggles, you know, it, it sounds really opposite of the way it should be, but we can rejoice because we are a child of God. Sometimes we think that we're suffering because we've done something bad, right? But no, God loves us. He wants to direct us. And so he brings events into our life to shape our lives. And sometimes those are painful events. Verse 10, it says, God God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful 
Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Anybody know where we find the first mention of suffering or pain in the Bible? Anybody? Usually where we find a word or an idea in the Bible, the first time it kind of has something special to tell us. Well, we find it in Genesis chapter 3. Just after God created this beautiful world, and then pain and suffering gets introduced by man's disobedience. We see in, in Genesis 13, 3, verse 6 and 16 and 17, the word pain or sorrow is mentioned two times. Once to the woman, to Eve, in reference to childbirth, and once to man, in reference to work that he had to do. That pain is still felt today. Pain here is a reference uh, to man's disobedience. But Jesus said in this passage in John that there's another reason for pain. And that is that pain can bring glory to God. How many of you have had a chance to hear about Ashley's story? Last year, the Skopniks were here sharing in our congregation a little bit about Ashley. And then two weeks ago at the conference, she shared her life story. Um, If you want to, hear it directly from her, you can go to the EMC conference website and there is a link to the conference that was in London and then you can look at Sunday morning and the video is still up there and uh, it will uh, it will give you, you can listen to it uh, if you didn't have a chance yet, you can go and listen to it like... Uh, Jake was saying it's still there and you can and watch it and, and see um, what she experienced. This was a story of a young lady who had a car accident. Uh, her car went off the road into a hole that was filled with water. And she was underwater for 25 to 29 minutes before they got her out. She was dead, for all intents and purposes, for that period of time. It wasn't easy to recover. She worked hard at physiotherapy. She worked hard to the struggles of of remembering and, and coming back to a life that was normal. The story of her suffering was truly a modern-day example of someone who was able to bring glory to God through her resurrection and recovery. Amazing story. Uh, You ladies also maybe remember uh, Lisa Elliott, who came and shared 
uh, at the ladies' meeting. You know, the loss of her son, the pain of that that she went through. Uh, she shared with you ladies. Um, she feels that through this experience, and this is, you know, one of the you know, reasons why God allows uh, suffering to happen. Uh, she could have never had a chance to influence people, nor her could a son never have been able to influence had he not suffered and passed away. She wrote on the back of her book, she says, um, uh, the, the book she wrote was called Ben Ripple, and it's in our library. Uh, you can pick it up sometime. Right now it's at our house. Um, but this story is a victorious and candid journey of one faith-filled mother who sought to use her story for the glory of God through her pain, loss, and grief. It provided validation for those dealing with a family in crisis, hope and inspiration for those who are grieving loss, and a practical help for those desiring to be comforters. Your kids, how would you like to become like the Apostle Paul or Peter or one of the other disciples? Wouldn't that be great? But if we read their story, it's a story of lives filled with joy, uh, filled with hope, but also Filled with suffering. You can go to, to, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verses 28 to, tw- 23 to 28. We're not gonna take time to read that this morning. But the reason he suffered was because he was proclaiming the story of Jesus and people's lives were changed. Jesus said, on the sermon, in the Sermon on the Mount, In Matthew 5, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say, falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for the same way they persecuted the prophets which were before you. If we look back at the prophets before, we see the stories of Isaiah and Jeremiah and history says that they were killed as prophets. We read other stories of, of prophets who were killed. There were many thousands of prophets that were killed by Jezebel in Elijah's day. So suffering for the sake of Jesus at the hands of unbelievers, whether it's verbal or physical, should be considered normal. For Christians today, even today, you will be attacked. Kids will make fun of you at school for going to church or being a believer. That will happen. You will be attacked in your faith. It's just, those are normal. Chinese Christians are always, constantly attacked. Uh, their prophecy, their property 
is, is, um, is confiscated. They are fined. They're thrown in prison. They are tortured. They are jailed. And some of them are even killed. Nip Gripkin, a couple years ago, shared with us that the whole church, the fledgling church that was in Eritrea, was totally wiped out. Today, there's a thriving church there. So you would think that this kind of persecution and and pain would uh, cause them to give up their faith, but instead... They cannot give up their faith because of what Jesus has done to give them freedom and hope and joy. And so they suffer as a result. So what's the purpose of suffering? You would think that an all-powerful God could protect us from pain and suffering. Not all Pain and suffering is a result of Satan's attack on Christians. And not all pain is bad. Well, pain is a alerter of danger. If we have, uh, maybe you would think that if you were born into a world without any kind of pain, that would be beautiful. Just think. Some of you who maybe are slated for knee replacement or have arthritis or, you know, have um, other issues uh, physically, migraine headaches. Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was no pain? Well, Gabby Gingras, Gingras was born without the ability to feel any pain as a baby. It's a really extreme disorder called congenial insensitivity to pain. That's a technical term for our nurse here. Her mom says, pain teaches, pain protects, and pain can save you from a lot of bad things in life. For some unknown reason, genetically, she... the. The neural pathways between her sensors, her pain sensors in her body and her brain didn't connect. And so she would chew on her tongue as a baby and her key and her and her her fingers or whatever until they were bloody. Because she couldn't feel any pain. She would poke her eyes and now she's legally pain, legally blind. So. Pain has a purpose in our life. It instructs us when something is not good. It also helps us to understand that this is not our final place of resting. You know, when we experience pain, heaven looks kind of nice. Heaven is a place that Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. Suffering keeps us humble. Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh. 
And uh, he said that God's grace was enough for him to endure that. And our response to pain can either push us away from God or it can draw us nearer to God. It depends on how we want to respond to that. God has given us suffering to get us to draw closer to him. Actually, through suffering, we have to depend on God. Uh, God would, will strip away our independence, our self-reliance, and our pride by painful experiences. So, how can we be restored? The third CPR. So, first of all, I want to say that pain and suffering are a fantastic opportunity for us as Christians to reach out to other people. Pain and suffering are a time of vulnerability when people uh, realize that they are not self-reliant. That they need something more than themselves. That they can't do it alone. And that's where community comes in. That's where we need to, as believers, as followers of Christ, we need to reach out to people that we see uh, suffering and, and, and struggling. How do we do that? Well, first of all, I think we do that through prayer. We can pray for somebody. If we can't do anything else, we can pray. And first of all, I think that's the most important thing we can do. It's through prayer that God's power is released. And so, when God's power is released, we can recognize the power and give God the glory. So, if we don't have a relationship with someone... We really can't walk up to them and say, oh, I hear you're in pain. How can I help you with your pain? That's not going to work. People won't open up to you until we build relationship. So our first prayer is that God will allow us to build relationship to those in pain and suffering. And when God opens that door, allows us to connect in some way to that person who's struggling. And again, when we pray, we watch for opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, we don't jump on it, but we glide into it. Okay? And so, then we reach out and we try to listen. That's the third thing we can do. After we've established a bit of a relationship, we can listen. Everybody here has a story. A story of pain. I'm sure if you don't, I'd like to find out who you are because I want to find out what your secret is. Um, I think all of us experience some kind of pain and difficulty. Now, some of us are good hypocrites, too. We cover that really well, especially on Sunday mornings. 
but it's there. And we need to listen to others. Let them tell their story. Let them, you know, kind of get out of their heart where their pain is. Now, I, I don't suggest that we go up to somebody and say, well, what's your pain? You know, can you tell me all about your pain? I want to listen to you. That's not going to work, okay? So we have to have that kind of intimacy, that relationship. And as we have that relationship, we can ask people, what's God doing in your life? What's happening in your heart? And that's the time when people can open up and share with us. And a lot of people are willing to do that if we have a listening, non-judgmental spirit. And four, what can we do to bring restoration? We can ask Jesus to bring healing. We can't heal anybody. Even doctors don't heal anybody. They only bring about the conditions where the body can restore itself. And in, a lot of times they can't even do that. And so uh, they're not the ones that are healing people. Okay? God is the one that has created such a beautiful body that will restore uh, our, our physical bodies. And, but there's also the emotional and the spiritual and the social pain that people experience. And Jesus is the only one that can bring healing to that experience. And I've learned so much from John Regeer about sitting down and listening to people and then when we understand what their pain is, to bring that pain to Jesus and ask him to bring healing to that situation. And he does. He does bring healing. And it's wonderful. Then we can bring glory to God. Jesus is the great healer. This morning, I just want to pray for you. I'm sure that there's some of you here that are going through real struggles. Maybe family struggles. It may be health struggles. It may be relational struggles. It may be emotional struggles. You know, we struggle mentally. We don't think we're worth anything. Yet, God wants to show you how significant and important you are. And this morning, I'd like to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that this morning. But I do recognize that each of you could tell me a story about the pain in your life. The loss of a loved one. The struggle that you're going through physically, emotionally, spiritually. I just recognize that. And we need to pray for each other that God will bring healing And as we show love and care and concern for other people, God will bring healing. Let's pray.
Jesus, there's many people here who are going through struggles right now and, and they're significant. They're, they're struggling with issues in their life. And we know that you're the one that can bring healing. You're the one that wants to bring blessing and joy. You said that I have come that, that, that you might have life and that you may have it abundantly. And sometimes our pain stops us from seeing you. And Lord, we just want to open our hearts this morning. We want to open our lives to you. We want to ask you to bring healing to us. Healing is a body. Healing is individuals. God, move in a mighty way through your spirit this morning. Touch people. Thank you that you're a God who cares about us. And that sometimes our pain and suffering is there so that we can bring glory to you. And as this man ran around and just explained to people that he could see, he could see. And he still was attacked by others who thought they were righteous. But Jesus brought acceptance and love to his life. And we pray that we can do the same thing to the people around us. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see the needs of people. Not to be so self-absorbed that all we can see is ourselves, but, but that you will open our eyes to see the needs of individuals around us. Thank you, Lord, that you're there for us. And you will do mighty things. Amen.